Saturn's Return. I'm Tiffany Diane So, and that song that you just heard is Marina Gasolina by Bande du Rollet. I thought I'd start off this special episode with a throwback song from my college years in Austin, Texas. If you aren't familiar with them, Bande du Rollet is a Brazilian band that came onto the scene in the mid-2000s. Marina Gasolina was one of their popular singles from their 2007 album, With Lasers. And I feel like my college years were really emblemized by this wave of electronic music that came out around this time. And Marina Gasolina was a big one back then. And anytime I heard that song or really just about any other song, there I was dancing. Um, In fact, every night that my friends and I would go out, the primary goal would be basically to just find somewhere to dance. So this is all totally relevant, considering for our third episode, my special guest today is going to be one of my favorite dancing partners from back in the day. His name is Chris Chavez, and I've known him for an entire decade. We met in college when I was, I believe, a sophomore and have remained friends ever since through Austin and now in Brooklyn. Um, I'll admit that it's been really nice to have someone I've known for so long going through their Saturn return at the same time um, and being able to get together and commiserate. Just a reminder for those of you who haven't listened to episodes one and two, Saturn return is an astrological phenomenon said to be active between the years of 27 and 31. Saturn, the planet, takes roughly 29 and a half years to return to the same exact spot, and astrologers believe that its return to the same position during one's birth has an influence on the trajectory of one's life. Its return is meant to signal a time of change and difficult growth, and through interviews and storytelling, this podcast, Saturn's Return, will provide a chronology to my own experience during this moment in my life and draw inspiration and solace through other people's Saturn Return stories. I won't give it all away. I'll let Chris do most of the talking for himself, but we're going to have a conversation about our respective Saturn Returns. Stay tuned for the interview. All right, joining me in the studio today is Chris, um, and I already gave you a little bit of an intro, but feel free to introduce yourself, um, your name, however you describe yourself, your age. Sure. Uh, My name is Chris uh, Chavez. I'm freshly 30, so kind of weird to say (laughs) still. (laughs) Uh, My birthday was a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. I describe myself as like a sort of curious person, right, with a lot of interests and like I've always sort of been that way and always, uh, yeah, sort of have had trouble like sort of focusing my interests on uh, a career specifically. But um, but yeah. Okay. All right. Um, But, you know, for the most part, you've worked, I know, in the retail world. um, Right. And I know that your work story has been a really big part of your Saturn return, as has mine. 
Um, (laughs) So tell me a little bit about what you're doing at the beginning. So around the age of like 27. Sure. um, Yeah. What were you up to? How was your life different? Yeah. I had just started a new job uh, opening a store for a really small company. Uh, I just had a new apartment. Uh, so when I was 27, it sort of felt like I was like sort of in a good place for entering my late 20s, right? I was like finally starting to like save a little money, not party as much as I was before, mm. and just sort of like, yeah, seemingly getting my life together a little bit, uh, at least at the beginning of my Saturn's return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny that I'm asking these questions because, of course, like I know all the answers kind of because I was there. But (laughs) But at the same time, you know, um, it's hard to remember every detail. So it's good to kind of just like play back. Um, Of course. Yeah. And I know that, you know, at the same time, um, of course, we're really close in age. I mean, only like half a year apart or something, Mm -hmm. I think. But um, but yeah, I was, I think, kind of doing similar things, but I was definitely... um, in a job that I was really unhappy at. Um, and I had been for, I think a while. Um, and I had already kind of gone through like a similar Genesis though. But, um, I remember mine was kind of about like the capital of cool, you know, where I think like when I was 25 and 26, I was going through this shift where I was realizing like, oh, all these things that I thought really mattered to me don't really matter to me anymore. Of course. Um, I I totally saw you go through that. And I think that, I think that myself, a lot of our friends were starting to go through that, right? Yeah. Mid to late twenties, sort Mm -hmm. of all of a sudden being like, wait, what have you been doing the last few years? And where are, where do our concerns actually lie? You know, like what's actually important to us? Yeah, so I think around 27 was kind of just like a splashback of that. and But, you know, sort of like putting it into action and, you know, thinking about how that really like shifted the way that I felt about my own life and what I wanted to do next. Right. Um, but yeah, so at that time, though, like how did you see your life really shifting and how did you see yourself changing throughout it? It definitely happened over the course of the last few years. Um when I started that job that I that I just mentioned starting at 27, mm. uh, you know, I really enjoyed it at first. And uh, then I sort of stagnated and then I just sort of became really unhappy. Mm. Um, and that sort of threw me into this like really just like unhealthy loophole of just feeling sort of out of control. Right. And feeling like I no longer had control over uh, the course of my life and where it was going, mm. um, which I realized sort of it now in retrospect sounds, you know, like. Uh, that's a huge jump. Um, but I think at the time, you know, I started to really take a step back and, and look at our, you know, what we've been doing in our 20s and, again, going over what my priorities and, and mm. just all of a sudden, all of these things really started to weigh heavy on me mm. uh, in ways that I didn't realize at first. You know, I started to sort of, I don't know, shy away from my friends a little bit. Uh, my my jobs have always been really, like, people-focused, right? And Which can be exhausting in and of itself. Mm. Um, and I saw myself sort of, going back into this social anxiety that I hadn't experienced in so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it crept up on me, you know, over the, over the course of, of 27, 28, 29. And mm-hmm. by the time I think I was 29, I was like, wait a second, like something really needs to change because uh, this is all too much and it's unnecessary. Yeah. So how did that like out of control feeling manifest itself? You know, like how did you... I guess, like, realize that that's how you're feeling and how did it, like, play out, you know, in just kind of your daily life? I I saw myself sort of pulling away just from people in my life, uh, feeling overwhelmed all of the time, Mm. Um, but also losing uh, whatever sense of confidence I I had on the exterior, you Mm -hmm. know, that was sort of, like, 
all of a sudden I found myself really feeling really uncomfortable talking about work, talking about uh, just where I was in life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't the, that wasn't the case, you know, a couple of years before that. But all of a sudden I, I, I really found myself just feeling, I don't know, trapped mm-hmm. and, and embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think that, you know, people who, who know me well sort of know that like, you had a weird childhood and, you know, it was a it was a good childhood, but also a really strange one and a very strict one. I grew up in this very strict uh, religion and also a religion that, you know, was socially conservative, but also instilled a lot of fear yeah. uh, as a kid. And I think that in my teenage years, that sort of developed into anxiety issues and, mm. you know, issues of, de- of depression. And I think throughout my 20s, I sort of did as much as I could to sort of mask that. Mm. Um, and I grew a lot in my 20s. You know, personally, I, I feel like I moved to New York when I was 22. You moved here shortly after I did. And so you and I have sort of seen each other grow throughout our 20s. But largely in my late 20s, I was all of a sudden like, wait a second, I do feel like I've had some growth. But mm. at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of things that I haven't really been addressing from my earlier life. Interesting. That yeah. were starting to resurface in ways that I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. And so how did you, I guess, like contend to that? How did you deal with it? You know, once you realized that these things were bubbling up to the surface and it seems like you kind of also identified that those were correlated, you know, that like it had to do with your childhood and your past. It doesn't seem like I mean, or did it take you a while to like figure that out, too? Honestly, it did take me a while to figure that out. Um, I think that I again, I tend to just like mask something that's bothering me by just keeping myself busy, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, whatever that entails. At my old job, I was traveling a lot and I loved that. Right. I met my boyfriend in France when I was 28. But after a while, I realized that I was traveling more to just escape maybe, Mm -hmm. than uh, I was to just like really, you know, explore the world or whatever. And um, all of these things sort of led to me finding a therapist and that's been so so helpful in the last you know six to eight months I think once I started seeing my therapist you know late last year I was really in a low point Mm. Um, and having trouble identifying these things that I'm now able to identify and and talk to you about but at the time I just felt so lost and like I I I wasn't sure why and I needed Mm -hmm. I needed a little a little push a little bit of guidance to yeah uh, really look into why that was going on and so you only started to see your therapist at the end of last year? At the end of last year, oh, yeah. And before okay. that, I had like, you know, I'd seen people before uh, mm. throughout my 20s off and on, mm-hmm. uh, but no one super helpful. And more than anything, like I was medicated in my mm. early 20s when I had like severe issues with social anxiety in college, which was also a funny time because at the time, I think on the exterior and just like, you know, my late 20s, uh, you know, I can come across as like pretty confident. I'm quite social. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, in college and, and again in my late 20s, I sort of found this, yeah, social anxiety resurfacing where I, I found it really difficult for me sometimes to just interact with people in general. Uh, and I knew that mm-hmm. that was sort of something that I needed to take care of because I knew that it wasn't uh, it wasn't really me. Okay. Okay. And so you signed up to go to talk therapy. <laughs> I did. And I got lucky because my first therapist was the one that I've stuck with. Uh, he's he's awesome. And he's really helped me a lot. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in sort of like identifying those like reasons why, you know, anxiety and depression can, you know, surface here and there. And yeah, it's been it's been great. I, uh, you know, this I recommend <laughs> therapy to everybody, man, especially during this time. It's it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, it's something that I don't really talk about very openly. But right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been having a similar experience. And I think that it was also around like the end of last year, maybe in December yeah. that I 
decided to start going. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if I've had as many like realizations as you have necessarily. Um, <laughs> but it is really helpful because I think that a lot of the times the first step is just kind of like opening up and um, evaluating yourself and actually like giving it a lot more thought than just sort of, I guess, going through the motions, which I think right. that a lot of us are it's really easy for us to fall back into, especially in a city like New York. Exactly. exactly. You kind of have to like keep on going or you're not going to survive. Right. <laughs> right. Or at least it feels that way. It does feel that way. Yeah. But maybe that's some of the anxiety talking. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess how are you like coping? How are you surviving right now? Um well, I guess the other thing I should mention that happened during uh, this time of my life, during my Saturn's return, is that I got laid off. And that was sort yeah. of the pinnacle in terms of like sort of life events mm. of, of this time for me. I mm-hmm. was super miserable at my job. So don't get me wrong. It was a total blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't say that it wasn't something that I saw coming or that I was preparing for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, initially it was like a little bit of, of relief, but also this like daunting thing of like, oh, I have to structure my life now. I have to structure my time. I have mm-hmm. time to figure myself out yeah. uh, during this tumultuous time of our lives, yeah. uh, which has been amazing. But at first, you know, I didn't really know what to do with my time. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, it's been a few months now. And over the course of the last few months, I mean, from where I was back then in terms of, you know, productivity levels, happiness, uh, seeing a path, it's really changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait. So it was it was a good thing though, and you feel like where you thing. are now is much better off than where you were at before. Totally. Totally. And I tend to you know attach myself to work or attach myself to a project and really just like get it's 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 everything for me, mm-hmm. right? And I to a fault, right? Mm-hmm. I attach myself personally to to work, which is yeah. I mean, I think we all do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our generation does it a lot. We're super ambitious, and we you know we want growth all of the time. But I think this was also a good opportunity for me to, like, step back and really, like, like sort of figure out that that's not necessarily where I derive my happiness from, where I derive my sense of uh, sense of worth from. Interesting. You don't anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) not sort of not having a job really forces you to, like, examine that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And now I have I've like picked up a couple of side projects um, and I'm actually quite happy with where I am now. And I'm interviewing at a couple of places. So we'll see where I where I land in the next couple of months. I think by the end of the summer, my life will be a little bit different, I think, than where I am now. Just based on the couple of things that I have going on. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but yeah. But and so you were talking about, you know, kind of being really invested in defining yourself by your work. But, um, you know, near the end of your time at your last company, um, won't name any names, but you, I mean, were feeling yourself a little bit less inclined, I think, right, to be as invested. So totally. So, you know, how did that end up, do you feel like manifesting, though? Because if if you're a person who feels really invested in your work all the time and you mm-hmm. really feel like it defines who you are, then, you know, what does it look like to be at a job that you're not happy at or that you aren't feeling as, like, representative of or you know, et cetera, all the, all the good feelings? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. What I, I mean, especially when there's a 
when it happens over the course of of time, right? It's like mm. it feels really shitty. Like it feels really it, all of a sudden you're just like I've put so much work into whatever it is that I'm doing, and now I don't even feel like mm-hmm. I'm being appreciated for what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe whatever. There's no there's no path that you can see for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, again, going back to like New York being such a career driven city, and yeah. you know, all, all of our friends are super ambitious and doing cool things, and I think it's very easy to. Um, feel the weight of of a job that isn't making you happy on your shoulders more so than it probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely found myself there, yeah. um, and I didn't really know what to do with myself at the time. I, I think had it ha- had that happened at another point in my life, I would have easily just sort of been like, you know what, I'm just packing my bags. I'm going to find something else. Mm. Um, but I think also at the time I was not happy with where my career was going, mm-hmm. uh, and knew that. I wanted to change it a little bit, yeah, uh, but wasn't really sure how to do that. So that coupled with you know this this daunting feeling of going to work every day and and putting right. in a lot of hard work for a job that I essentially no longer cared for, right, was yeah. just way too much to handle. I think so. It forced you to you know really actually like make those reevaluations. Exactly. And yeah, that's a that's a good thing, and I feel like it's funny because where we're both at, where obviously. You were unfortunately laid off, but it was a good thing. It was a blessing in disguise. And I actually ended up quitting not one, but two different jobs within my (laughs) Saturn return, which is, you know, a weird thing for me to do because I am also the kind of person who gets really loyal to a company. I tend to, like, work at a place for at least, you know, two years, which can be a long time for someone who works in the fields that I've worked in. Right. And, you know, I I can definitely commiserate with that feeling of feeling like you invested a lot of time or yourself into a project or a job or a company. Um, And then just kind of like feeling a little bit lost whenever you realize that either, A, you don't really see yourself growing there anymore or you don't feel appreciated. Right. um, And that it just kind of feels like a dead end because then, you know, what is the next step? Um, Right. You have to really like obviously sit down and think about it then because you know the, what you thought was gonna be the next x amount of years of your life are definitely not going to be that anymore totally. and so yeah you can either be totally uh reckless like me and quit your job <laughs> listen i know that you i know you struggled a lot with those those decisions but i feel like i was super supportive of your decisions so i was like yeah i mean you know i think we were both like you know making decent money we were able to like put a little bit of money aside for ourselves but also uh, you know that's money's not everything and i think that mm-hmm. it's it's so easy to to feel like making a decision like that is maybe not the wisest mm-hmm. right especially because other people are might be telling you otherwise yeah, yeah. but um no but when uh, both of those times when you made that those decisions i was <laughs> i was very happy for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at me now look at you now <laughs> not getting paid to make this podcast <laughs> um but you're doing yeah. it. So I guess since, you know, right now the end of our Saturn returns are TBD still. Um, we're definitely still in it and still, still trying to figure it out and trying to grow from it. In the meantime, though, has there been anything that you've been doing, anything you've been reading or listening to, um, hobbies that you've picked up, whatever, that have been sort of like helping you get through this time and remain sane through all the crazy it's so tough to remain sane through all the crazy. Um, I've mentioned therapy a couple of times. It's been super helpful. Um, I started mm-hmm. to meditate, uh, oh, yeah. which has actually been really helpful and like yes. a new thing for me in the last year ish. 
But it's been great. I uh, go often to uh, a class called Dharma Punks that's led by this guy called Josh Corda. Oh a little gosh. plug. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he has a great book that I've read too. And it's just, it's it's great. It's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to exercise a lot, which helps with anxiety too. Mm. And yeah, I've like sort of been able to focus on like a couple other interests of mine. I'm working with plants right now. Oh, I love uh, with, a, with a startup. These guys just started a plant store. So I'm doing a little bit of work with them. And mm-hmm. you, you, I know you love plants. I've babysat your plants. <laughs> You've got quite a jungle in your apartment. Mine is growing as well. Yeah, just like sort of exploring interests, I guess, that I never really thought about or knew that were sort of uh, something that I liked but never really sort of honed in on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And I guess, you know, these are all definitely things that I didn't really necessarily see you doing um, in the years previous. And I think I would have probably just said that, oh, yeah, Chris likes to travel and Chris likes to party. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I did. And I do. Those are characteristics. Those are characteristics. Um, For sure. Totally. But I think it's uh, this time has been all about finding balance. Right. And Mm. um, that was something that was definitely lacking before this process started for me. That's great. Yeah. I guess this is always a cheesy question that I like to ask, but if you could um, go back and communicate with your past self um, and give yourself any advice, what would you tell yourself to get yourself through all this? (laughs) To just stop worrying so much and to stop sort of thinking about the future in this really daunting way because, I mean, if I had a dollar for the number of times that I've said, oh my God, time is flying by so fast, I'd be rich, you know? Like I, I... I would tell myself to like, yeah, absolutely take a step mm. back and and really try to enjoy, um, you know, try to enjoy my life and and not worry so much about what others are thinking and mm-hmm. um, to not sort of worry about where I am in the context of how other people view it. You know, mm. I think that I think that was largely an issue for me. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, who cares, right? Like, do your thing. And that's advice that I would give my earlier self, but that I would give to anyone that's listening that's sort of going through this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so difficult, especially, though, in a city like New York where totally there are just so many people whose lives that you can look at and feel totally envious. Um, it's the whole issue of with course. Instagram, of course, of you know, course. where you're just looking at people's stories and their posts and being like, wait, why doesn't my life look like that? Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just sitting in, like, in a messy apartment while this person's <laughs> apparently like staying at the ace hotel in like abu dhabi if they have one and right yeah and 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 so i i know that you know comparison is kind of like the worst thing that you can do but it's really difficult not to i feel like that's it's an addictive thing to do the other thing is that new york can seem like a really small town i mean it's a huge city but Mm. i think that it's easy to sort of like feel not necessarily trapped but like your like your life is is I don't, it's just small, right? And that you can't, uh, going back to like comparing yourselves with others, I think that plays into it too, right? This, this feeling of like, these are, this is, these are the people that I know and like this, they're perceiving me in this way. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in that kind of thing and that, that sort of thought process. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which is why all you do is you just put on a couple of filters on your um, Instagram stories. Totally. Um, <laughs> just kind of up the cleavage. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't really have any way to fix. That's that. never really worked for myself. But. <laughs> okay. Well, then, what advice would you give to other folks who might be going or might be about to embark on their own Saturn returns? Oh man, just just ride the wave. Um, <laughs> no, easier said than done, mm-hmm. right? But um, yeah. I mean, when you if and when you find yourself in this sort of tumultuous time of your life, like. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing mm-hmm. to sort of, 
be forced to sort of take a step back and maybe take like sort of stock and inventory of, of what's going on in your life. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah and, and know that ultimately it will be a positive thing, right? Know that ultimately you'll you'll figure stuff will figure itself out mm-hmm. um i think you and i have a lot of friends that are going through it in different ways you mm-hmm. know uh, breakups losing jobs uh, everything mm-hmm. um and it's it's just when it, especially around this time when you're already sort of emotionally you know fragile it's easier <laughs> for things like that to take a, even more of a toll on you but um mm-hmm. yeah know that at the end of it you will you will be stronger and you'll you'll know more about yourself oh didn't know you're so sentimental, Chris. Only <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I would. Pr- it's the new me. <laughs> I think I would personally say that. Yeah, a lot of that kind of just like taking stock of where you are. Um, I think that that can be difficult to do sometimes, um, especially if you find yourself like stuck in a rut, or if you find yourself kind of just like clocking in, clocking out, and not really paying much mind to like what you're doing or how yeah. you're spending your time. But you know, it's easy to kind of just kind of get lost in the sauce and not really like sit down and evaluate who you want to be, where you want to be, you know, what your actual like goals and interests are um and so I would say for me it's kind of just also to like slow it down and like give it more thought and just be I guess yeah be a little bit more thoughtful about like the steps that you take because even though sometimes it's like okay I want to survive so I'm just going to like take anything that comes my way um that you know if you think further into the future and and you know, kind of like weigh whether or not that thing is going to serve you, then you might make a a different decision. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, I did a lot of that because, you know, moving to New York, I felt like I just had to like make money. So I got like so many jobs, but um, a lot of times I didn't take a lot of time to think about what uh, my actual goals are and how, you know, every step that I take is going to get there. I thought, any step is a direction to go in, right? Dude, totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's, that's yeah, that applies so much to, to my 20s and mm-hmm. especially my late 20s. But, um, yeah, having to sort of take a step back and be like, well, why have I been doing, making mm-hmm. the choices in terms of career that I've, that I've been making? Mm-hmm. It, probably just chasing money at the end of the day or feeling, like you said, that yeah. you need to survive here. And yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say that I regret any of the decisions I made because at the same time, I think that whenever you don't even know what direction you want to go in, then a direction's good. True. Right? True. <laughs> but then again, if uh, if you're not really, like, taking a lot of stock, I guess, like, after making these, these decisions or after doing it for a little while um, and not really seeing the success that you want to see, then, you know, that's just kind of, like, digging yourself into a hole. And it is easy to fall into these kinds of ruts. Um, totally. Because, you know, obviously if you're valuing comfort over maybe happiness sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, it's easy to get there. And, and, yeah, and I think that another thing that I would tell, like, me, myself as, like, a young person is – to not give up, you know, any of your the things that make you happy, because I feel like I dropped so many different things along the way right. um, that I realized that I hadn't done in a long time because I just was, you know, going through the motions. But I have recently picked things back up, like, right. you know, photography, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, I just like to take like 35 millimeter like pictures of whatever. It doesn't have to be art at all. It's just right. kind of like documenting my life. Right. But yeah, doing things like that that right. I think 
or you know playing music maybe or totally um or even just reading all of those things reading reading, yeah i mean that's something that i used to be really into and in my 20s i like what what, i read like five books total like it's yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like all of a sudden like wait a second when was the last time that i've read a book but the last couple of years i've definitely been reading more exploring more music yeah picking up hobbies like you said um yeah well, um, I guess if there's anything else that you want to drop on me. No, but you know what? I have a question. Yes. Um, do you, th- and this is for both of us, really, do you think that our this time in our lives would have been different had we not been going through this sort of like strange political, social time? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I think that that's also affected you and I in like slightly different ways, but it's mm-hmm. definitely affected us. And it just so happens that this has all taken place in the last year and a half, two mm-hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. I think that mine has been very much earmarked by everything that's been going on. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, I was, you know, I was 27 when um, the 2016 elections occurred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was... Um, even before that, though, it was even before that, that I was already feeling really unsettled in my position in life um, and really feeling like I needed to find more direction or needed to figure out what I wanted to do next and was feeling really lost. But I think that, yeah, once that happened, it sort of like triggered something in me where I did start to become more, you know, civically, politically, whatever, personally engaged. Sure. Um, and that I really began to also line up what my uh, priorities were because I guess whenever you're feeling kind of like, I don't know, um, in a place where, I don't know, it's really hard to put into words how I was feeling at the time. Right. It's like, of course, I was just like deeply depressed. Right. Um, And so part of it was just like not really even functioning the way that I was before. But I think for both of us, we also sort of, it forces us to examine like who we are, like in the in a social co- in, mm. in, in a in a sort of economic social context, That's right? So true. You know, we're both minorities, but we both acknowledge that we grew up in like pretty privileged places and come from like pretty privileged. Uh, we just have led you know relatively privileged lives, and so mm. I think for both of us, like you know, being here in New York while all of this was going on just made us sort of question like mm-hmm. our identities and like how I don't know how how that affects us, how the things that we can't control that mm-hmm. define who we are affect us. That is very uh, true. In ways that we never probably would have thought um, had things not turned out the way that they turned out. Yeah, that's true. And um, it definitely led to my discovery of one of my favorite communities, uh, the Asian American Feminists. Right. Um, plug in for that, AsianAmFeminism.org, if you want to check that out. But I found a really great community of you know people who self-identify as Asian feminists mm-hmm. and um, you know started doing a lot more digging into my own identity um, and my own culture and also even my family history where I've always been really interested in hearing stories about that but now I feel like I it's my job to sort of like take you know take recordings of this stuff and like make sure that it's written and remembered somewhere because um you know, family archives are really messy. <laughs> and, right, right. Um, and now just being like, okay, well, I'm a, I guess I'm a journalist. <laughs> okay, I am a journalist. <laughs> you are a Sorry, journalist. imposter syndrome imposter. slipping out. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I'm a journalist. I should be writing about what I know. And, and yeah. part of that is, you know, my family and my, um, my identity. And, right. Yeah, being able to share that with people is really awesome. Yeah. 
Um, really? Do you have any other answers for that, though? Like, what about you? I know uh, that. I mean, action-wise, career-wise. You're Mexicano. I am Mexicano. <laughs> uh, and, like, you know, my family, we're from Texas where being Mexican is a little more, quote-unquote, normal, mm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Also, there's it's very because there's such a history of Mexicans in, in Texas, it's very easy for uh, some to feel sort of more, I don't know, privileged, but not in a good way. Right. Mm. Like they sort of, quote unquote, deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, just all sorts of things. It, it's really been eye opening for me, like with certain members of my family mm-hmm. um, and just certain members of the Hispanic community in general. Um, yeah. You know, with everything that's going on, especially now, immigration wise, like. To hear some people's opinions back home of of you know like how how closed off our border should be, it's like it's insane. I mean, we're yeah. uh, this is a country of of immigrants, and we have you know immigrants who are all of a sudden anti-immigration. Like it's just so wild to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, yeah, just like you were saying, it's really forced me to sort of like uh, look into my own identity and, right. and sort of like yeah, the good and the bad, you know, and and. In, in small ways, like how I can make a difference, you know, here, especially here in New York. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Republican Chinese people out there. So, right. <laughs> so fascinating. I can definitely That's relate. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I've been blessed with a very or pretty progr- progressive, I would say, family. So I don't yes. have to deal with that. Yes. Um, although, of course, my family back in Taiwan, they don't really understand exactly what's going on. Right. And it's difficult yeah. to understand what's going on if you're not here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just am always a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious always to hear what they think uh, mm-hmm. as outsiders, mm-hmm. and usually they don't really give me too much to go off. But right. Right. <laughs> all right, well, so I won't take up too much more of your time, but. I wanted to know where I could find you online or if there's anything else that you wanted to plug, if not your own social media, because I know you're not necessarily trying to be an influencer or anything. I, I, ge- I gave up on trying to be an influencer, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can still <laughs> find me on Instagram at Christo Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super active on Twitter or, or Facebook. Um, and I'm also working right now with these guys who just started a plant shop uh, in Greenpoint. Uh, we have an e-com platform that's launching later this year. It's called Rooted. You can visit them at rooted.nyc or on Instagram at rootednyc. Yes, I cannot wait to see all of the plant porn. So much plant porn. That's <laughs> amazing. I know. They really are. They make everything better. They really do. Working with plants is kind of wild, but it's so much fun. It's crazy. So Love zen, it. yeah. So zen. You're such a Dharma punk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Tiff. This is lovely. Bye. Of course. Bye. Did you have a particularly interesting Saturn return, or are you going through it right now? Reach out to me on Twitter, where you can find me at Tiffany Diane, without the E, that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-D-I-A-N, to nominate yourself or someone that you know. Again, this has been Saturn's Return. I'm Tiffany Diane So. Thank you for listening.